When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Looking through red and black lenses, it's In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Very good evening. Mark Watson in for Ricardo. Looking forward to having your company. Yes, right here, right now. It is in the red. 7.30 tonight. We'll change it up. We'll talk Pacifica Flair, Peter Alatini in studio. Justin Marshall, good evening. Welcome. Good evening, Watto, and good evening to everyone joining us for In the Red. Uh, yeah. It only I'm fit. interested to see how this half an hour is going to play out, mate, to be perfectly honest. That's all right, Justin. I've got, I've got a little bit of stuff here for you. I'm not going to ambush you or hijack you, but we are going to have a little bit of fun later in the program. Okay, let, let's talk about um, Crusaders uh, this week up against the Brumbies. Oh, I'm trying to think back the last time the Crusaders went into any Super Rugby game as an underdog, but I am going to suggest they are the underdog. Uh, we talked over the weekend about how good the Brumbies were against the Chiefs, how confrontational they were um, and how direct they were. If you're Scott Robertson, you've come off the back of a really good victory against the Western Force, you've got some confidence, you've made some changes and you've put 70-odd points on the board, what is the mindset? What is the focus this week? What are the coaches going to be telling the players? How do they win this game, Justin? If I'm Scott Robertson, I'm excited. And and I know Razor well. And what I know that he thrives off is uh, big game situations like this. He, he will literally, honestly, he will be bringing up previous Crusaders, Brumbies, uh, I, I guess, history. Uh, he'll be showing clashes from the past he'll be making the modern day player recognize how much of a rivalry this is but secondly he will be making sure that the players are very well aware of how much pride is at stake the fact that the crusaders go in and if they do uh, and i i believe they go in 50 50 not as underdogs but many many may oppose that thought and i'm happy for them to do so um but he will thrive on the fact of telling the players they're, they're saying we're underdogs. And, and and when he looks in the eyes of of All Blacks, of the talent that he's got in that squad and tells them, they're calling us underdogs here in Canberra. Given all that history, uh, how does that make you feel? I, I would expect a massive response out of the Crusaders in that regard. Uh, okay, but I would imagine that that conversation's probably been had a, a, several times this season already. And yep. uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically, the Crusaders still often haven't risen to the occasion. Why should they rise to the occasion? Do they have the cattle? Good point. <clears throat> yeah, good point. So I, I, I caught up with Razor uh, prior to the, the pivotal couple of games they had in the season, which got disrupted, unfortunately. Uh, and that was they had the Chiefs and uh, the Blues and the Chiefs back to back. 
and uh, and they've been ticking along okay, not not fluid like we we've discussed uh, in, in our shows, but still winning. And and I said to uh, I said to him, uh, mate, this is where Crusaders thrive. I said you you will be basically seeing this as test week, test week, test week with these two big challenges in front of you. Now, history shows, uh, given that conversation, and he agreed with me um, in terms of the motivation that was involved in that and also the fact that the Blues hadn't been to Christchurch in a very, 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 very long time and won uh, since Carlos Spencer's antics back in the day. There was there was a lot of history at stake. And, and Crusaders pride themselves on that history. They, they pride themselves in making sure they don't re- recreate history to a negative. Mate, they failed on both accounts. So, in your question, yes, uh, I understand the trepidation, which is, yeah, they've been there before. Why is this different? Jeez, mm. uh, mate, it's, it's a hard question to answer. In my heart, I know how and why they will get it done, and that will simply because of those results. Where they got themselves up, they should have got themselves up for two games that mm. they clearly got it wrong. And he must have sat back after those two results and thought, bloody hell, how, 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 how did we get that wrong? There's no way that we weren't up for it. And then he would have had, a, had to have an analytical look at why those two teams beat him. Justin, I, I listened to the commentary um, for the first half anyway uh, for the Crusaders-Western um, Force game, and they identified and noticed that the back line was set a lot deeper. Uh, for the Crusaders, allowing just to give them that little bit more time and that little bit more room with the flat defences the Australian teams put up, but also just maybe taking a little bit of sting out of the passes. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just taking a little bit of a sting out of it. That's, you know, hopefully the adjustment for the backs and for them to operate the way we expect Crusaders' backs to operate. Again, what adjustments, though, in that forward pack? Again, because it is this Brumbies team who are starting to play more like a New Zealand side rather than the traditional Super Australian rugby sides. Valid point, and a good point. You know, the, the thing that I noticed the most out of that Brumbies game against the Chiefs was their physicality, and and they played very New Zealand forward pack orientated, which they haven't done in the past. Uh, you know, the, the the fact that physically they've been off the mark, particularly. What has it been for 21 years against the All Blacks? Uh, when the All Blacks needed to win the Bledisloe Cup, they've just outmuscled them. Uh, and I think probably Dave Rennie knew that when he when he went to Australia. And as you are very well aware yesterday, uh, what I we talked to Justin Harrison. Um, you know, we, t- we we talked to Matt Burke, and Matt Burke actually said, I think his influence is starting to become very very aware that that we we knew that we were off in terms of our physicality uh so that 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 therein lies um the fact that you can't bully them because that's what we were able to do in the past you know just bully them physically and they will fold while the brumbies bullied the chiefs they were tougher in in all areas they were tougher at the breakdown they're tougher in their carry and physically when they when they really needed to front, you know, not all the time, but when they really needed to front, they they fronted up in defence and and actually made aggressive tackles. So basically, in a nutshell, it comes down to the forward packs. Um, you know, the Crusaders against the Force were, were very um, changed to, to what they normally are due to enforced changes, and they had to put Cullen Grace in the second row, 
and, and shift around their back row. Uh, Ethan Blackadder obviously came back into the mix, who I thought was very good. And Tom Christie was into the game really um, early because um, uh, Tuatali Havili went off. So, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, mate. Like, we, we, the, the Crusaders are lo- low on lockings uh, mm. at the moment. So, you know, you've got Sam Whitelock out there. Scott Barrett back. Yeah. Massive, massive um, difference. Mm. The fact that you get his experience and his all-black prowess and just his drive to play back. Uh, but, you know, um, I don't know. It, it's weird. It, I hate to say this because I'm a back, but it, it is weird. It'll be one or lost. Mm. Justin, one thing that you have been really hard on and you're adamant um, having watched this Crusaders team, we've seen the Crusaders being broken down by sides who have just retained the ball, just come phase after phase after phase, forcing the Crusaders to tackle. You do not want to see this Crusaders team kick the ball away, do you? You want them to hold on to the pill. I do. And and, and look, it's it's ironic, isn't it? And, and when you think about when I first was involved in the Crusaders, which is at the foundation, um, you know, we finished last in the comp the first year and then we sort of got a little bit better the second and then the third year we won it. But with the, with the year that we won it, we won it fun, fundamentally on defence. And and basically it was teams like the Brumbies who had incredible attacking prowess, uh, the Blues, um, t- teams, even the South African sides that had really good attacking qualities in them, Basically, we bored them into submission because that defence was so good. And we worked hard at that. And Wayne Smith was a big part of that. And so it is it is the core of what the Crusaders are all about. So they're going to always defend and defend well. But the, the way that the laws have changed and the way that the game has been um, modernised to a degree, you, you still need to have your time with the ball. And, and I feel at the moment the Crusaders haven't got that balance right. Their defence is incredible. It's you know when they're tackling at above ninety percent tackle efficiency, uh, you know people might go, "Oh God, why do we always hear, hear that stat?" Well, I'll tell you why we 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 rely on that stat because way 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 back in nineteen ninety six, when I was in the Crusaders, um, we looked at that uh, tackle efficiency, and it was I don't know, I think it was sixty eight percent in that first year. It went up a little bit in the second year when we won the title in ninety eight. That tackle rate, and when Wayne Smith got heavily involved, it went up around that late 80s to 90%, which means that the opposition all of a sudden get a little bit flustered because they can't break you, and they can't break you down or line break you or finish off their, their opportunities, and it frustrates them. So that's all very that's all very well, but that, 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 that the modernizer, like I said, the modern game now you need to have the ability also to use the ball after defending for long periods of time because the way that it is now and the breakdown the way it is, you don't see the Richie McCaws and the open sides turning over the ball as much. It just doesn't happen anymore, mate. Like You'll get the odd open side that gets, let's say, five turnovers in a game and he's had an amazing game. Like You think about the Cronfields and the McCaws and those guys that were genuine open sides back in the day. They were getting 10, 12, 13 turnovers in a game just doesn't happen anymore. So you cannot afford to play without the ball for too long. And at the moment, in my mind, that's where the Crusaders' balance in their game plan is slightly amiss. 
One area I think New Zealand sides have struggled with at All Black level um, and at Super Rugby level has been the box kick from the best exponents in the world, Fafta Kirk for uh, Clerk for South Africa, Conor McGregor for mm-hmm. Ireland. Nick White, you talked about this yesterday. Nick White, you talked, you mentioned yesterday just how good and how accurate he is with his height and his depth of that box kick. Um, yep. That's clearly going to be a weapon they're going to use. George Bridge, I felt, struggled a little bit last year under the high ball. How do they? How do the Crusaders deal with this on Friday night? Do do they have the skill set to deal with it? They've got the skill set, but they are very good at the Brumbies. It's very part of the, very much part of their DNA. And basically, I'm scratching my head to think how many times. Lola Seal uh, kicked the ball in that game. It was all basically coming from nine. And uh, Nick White, you know, with all his experience, um, but clearly, you know, they, they know the depth and the range of his kick. And he executed it so well, you know, to the point that when you when you interview a captain after the game, which which we did at Sky with Sam Kane, and um, he, he's like, he's not really probably going to talk about kicking. He's probably, he's probably going to talk about the areas of the game that kind of went, oh, the line-out wasn't great and the scrum was a bit wobbly and we didn't physically front up the breakdowns or whatever. He specifically mentioned the kicking game of the Brumbies. He said they really started to pin us. The kicks were accurate. Um, they, they got us under pressure. They, they turned us over. He was bang on. It's exactly what happened. And that was due to the accuracy of Nick White's kicking game. So it's very part a, a, a part of the DNA of the Brumbies that they will kick and they will kick accurately. And the problem with it is what I is what, what they're not doing is they're not really kicking. He's he's not actually kicking that many contestables. So if people out there are thinking, well, what do you mean by that? You know, kicking it sort of around that twenty meters away from where the ruck is, and then there's a contest in the air, and it's a 50-50, and you could get it back or you might not, but. Then there's a, then both teams are kind of compromised where you readjust and etc. He's kicking at 35 meters, and the wingers are running full full tilt to, or the wingers and the chasing players are running, and the player really doesn't have to go up. Maybe he will because he feel like there's a player around him. It might be his own player, but the minute that he comes to the ground, there are two Brumbies players right there, knocking him on his ass, and then they're in over the ball and counter rucking, and that's. That's something that they are really, really good at. And uh, it doesn't matter. So my point in your question is it doesn't matter about you being really good in the air because Jordan's good in the air. I hear what you're saying about Bridge, but he is good in the air. Sevi Reese, to a degree, is as good in the air, but he obviously hasn't got that um, sort of height factor, but he can still leap. And so is Fying Anuku. But that's not what you – it's their post-contact. When they get catch the kick and get their feet on the ground – what they do from there and how quickly the arriving players get around them is how they can then adjust to the kicking game. If they don't get that part of the game right, it won't matter because that's the Brumbies and the way that they play. It is 14 and a half minutes after seven. You're listening to SENZ. Feel free to text your thoughts on double eight double three. Justin Marshall is my co-host. We are putting the spotlight and focus on the Crusaders. We segment here on SENZ every Monday night between 7 and 7.30 called In the Red. Yes, we are indeed. And around about 7.30 tonight, we'll change it up and we'll talk uh, Moana Pacifica with Pacifica Flair. Alongside of me, we'll have Peter Alatini in studio. Justin, I did say that I was going to have a little bit of fun with you tonight. And um, you've already touched mm-hmm. on you've already touched on what we'd organised. So I'm going to throw this over to Ben. Just have a wee listen to this. Then we're going to have a wee chat about it off the back of it. Spencer. 
goodness, he's not going to pass it as he does to Rokathoko. Joe Rokathoko up the middle. He's got Howlett with him. Oh, he didn't pass it, but he's found Collins in support. in the end goal area. And that'll do it for the Blues. Justin, I was going to say it's a beautiful thing, but I, I'm a crusader for the next 10 minutes still. So um, <laughs> just just at the time, how much did Carlos rile you for that? I know he wound the Crusaders fans up by you know putting it in the corner too and then kicking from the sideline. And is mm. there room for that sort of um, stuff in today's game? I, I mean, personally as a fan, I, I like that. I, I like that sort of tribalism. Oh, I love it. Oh, absolutely. Like, honestly, well, I... Carlos and I were roommates, and we played for the All Blacks uh, together. But uh, on the on the field, when we were playing Crusaders Blues, we we're always in each other's faces. There's countless images and footage of us pushing, shoving, fighting each other, um, verbally abusing each other because we were competitors. But I loved the fact that he was that competitive and he was that driven. And and you know, competitors obviously find competitors on the rugby field. So. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, he, he, he played that way and it, it was his arrogance about the way that he played. You know, people go, people didn't like Carlos because they felt that he was an arrogant rugby player and, um, you know, that he, he didn't portray the game right. What a load of crap. You know, he he, he was he was the very essence of the game. That's why you play, to to, to be the, that, that, that uh, outgoing personality that um, wants to go down to, Lancaster Park or Jade Stadium, wherever it might be, and rub it in the noses of the the local supporters. And you know, the, any any way that you could, I'd love to do that when I went to Eden Park, wherever wherever I went to play. Um, you know, I'm not really that well liked at uh, what's now FMB, FMG Stadium or wherever it might be. But but my my biggest enjoyment that I got uh, was leaving Christchurch and winning away from home. And uh, you know, like the guys like that, you need in the game. Um, like that, that that particular moment, um, that was a cracking game. That was a really good game, and I know that I'm forever in the footage and and etched in the footage of of, of running my way down the whole field, not making a tackle. <laughs> no, but, I, I think the word was jogging, Justin, and I think you were pointing yeah, to Andrew yeah. Mertens to maybe tackle Justin Collins. I know, I know. Um, but what people don't actually realise, I was actually quite stuffed to be perfect. I, I, I was going to I, I was going to say that you're out on your feet, mate. You look like it anyway. Yeah. I was. I was out on my feet. And it was, it was in the, I think it was the 78th minute or whatever it might be. And we were chasing the game. So we'd been hammering away on attack. And we actually, I think we turned it over, uh, basically nearly in there in goal area. And then Carlos, the way that he is, just decided to attack. And I, you know, usually I'm getting across and trying to cover tackle. But I was absolutely rooted, to be perfectly honest. And I'm, well, like, well, it's hard... I'm running down the field, pointing at others to try and make tackles. And God knows what else. Well, I, I think anybody would struggle keeping up with Rokothoko, Dougie Hallett. Mm, yeah, well, in my defence, I guess. When Justin Collins got the ball, I should have made a dive tackle there. Yeah, some well, state, but... we, we were all collectively saying that before we came on air, actually, Justin. But that's OK, mate. <laughs> Uh, no, but look, I just think it's great, isn't it? We need that tribalism yeah. back. You know, we need that little angst. You know, I want people saying, yeah. God, I hope those, you know, bloody Aucklanders come down here and we mess them up mm-hmm. tonight. And, you know, I used to love it when the Crusaders would come up. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I like to see personality. It's, it's 
Yeah, I mean, I think Carlos was just, as I agree, I think Carlos was a wonderful ambassador for the game. Was it Andrew Mertens who did the fingers in South Africa? Yeah, I was with Mertz that day. Yeah, yeah. that, that was brilliant too, mate. That was excellent. Yeah, and what people don't realise, you know, like, yeah, Carlos got, he got, like, I'm going to say this, mate, quite openly, he got shit when he was in Christchurch. And, and, and because of the way he was and the way he strutted around. And, and so when he got the opportunity, he wasn't just giving it to the Crusaders players, just giving it to the crowd because he copped a lot. And I'm not saying abuse, but he just copped a lot, mm. you know, that every time he missed a kick or did something wrong, people would cheer and boo and jeer and do whatever they did. And that's what happened to Mertz in South Africa. He had the opportunity before he dropped that goal. Um, you know, obviously I was there, I was on the field with him to kick, to kick a conversion um, to level the scores and from the sideline. And being the immaculate kicker that Mertz is, but people behind him were giving him absolute, you know, the, the, the mouthful. And they were cheering. And it's very close at Pretoria there where, where you're so close to the sideline and the crowd. And they were just giving it to them, him in Afrikaans and English and whatever it might be. And he missed the kick. And then so obviously we only had, I think it was three minutes to try and win the game. And, and they just gave it to him. But then obviously the way the game, play, the game played out and we managed to get in a position and he dropped that goal. He wasn't, he was just basically saying to them, you know what? You gave it to me. I'm giving it back. Thank you very much. We've won. And, mm. and you can imagine that because that's just a relief of pressure. That's not a disrespect. That's just a relief of pressure that he had felt that maybe he'd lost the game and they'd made it not easy for him. And, and they'd laughed and, and thought it was funny and said, you've lost the game, whatever. But then he could turn around, you know, less than, less than two minutes later and go, you know what? I've actually just won it. Thanks very much. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny the, yeah. The, because they become iconic moments, and we and then we yeah. end up um, they becoming very endearing moments as well. We almost rant, romanticise them, don't we? No different than sort of Maradona's hand of God. Hey, look, just someone, just someone wanting to know, Justin, just before we do wrap things up in about two and a half, three minutes time, uh, the midfield yeah. for the Crusaders this week. Do, does Jack Goodhue start at centre with maybe David Harvey at second five? Was it or is it? Jack Goodhue, second five, Braden Enor at centre. Who's, look, I'm assuming Harvey's available. Who's your midfield for this week's game? Oh, God, you know, I was hoping someone wasn't going to text him with that, and um, I thought I'd get away with it. It's a it's a conundrum, isn't it? And, and you know, it's that absolute abundance of talent that they have across the back line. It's a really difficult decision to make. In my mind, it's Enor and Havili. Now, people will go, how the hell can you leave Jack Goodhue out? I just don't think he's quite there yet. He, he will get there. Um, but, you know, when you talk about a guy that's been through what he's been through and, and a game like this, you know, Havili and um, Enor have been out there doing it. And, and they, they are fully fit, fully functional, uninjured. And they are not making their way back after a, a, a catastrophic injury, you know, a one that's a career-threatening one. Uh, so, and I know, you know, you might be rolling your eyes. What I, I can't see you this evening because my my laptop's no, running. No, 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 no. But anyway, because I, I, I know you're a massive Jack Goodhue Well, I'm a, I'm a Mags boy, mate, so it's in the blood, mate. Yeah, but no, but yeah, look, in, saying, in saying that, I, I mean, you know, uh, I'm realistic as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, and I just think, I think Jack Goodhue will be on. If, if Fraser's doing things right, and, and in my mind, this is the way that I would I would see it. I would have Havili and um, Enor, uh, Fying Anuku uh, and Severu Reese, and then Jordan at the back and Moanga pulling the strings, uh, and, and Bryn Hall, and and that would be my backline. And I would I would have J- Jack Goodhue coming off the bench, um, just simply not 
due to the fact that he doesn't deserve to be out there and couldn't be out there, more that he is making his way uh, back into the game. And I think they'll be better better equipped with that type of back line with him coming off the bench, adding his special skill set at that stage of the game. And particularly, too, based on what we've already said, this is a game, and I know every game is one up front, but I, you've got a feeling this game is really yep. going to come down to how well that Crusaders pack performs up against a very good informed Brumbies team. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know what? And they need to get tough. And how tough has Pablo Matera been in the last mm. two to three weeks? Like, how I was questioning his his selection, to be perfectly honest, but... You know, I think they need to start that big back row as well. I think they need to start Blackadder, Grace at number eight, if they can, without injuries, and Pablo Matera to really out-muscle the Brumbies. So I'd love to see that back row get selected. Justin Marshall, been a privilege and a pleasure as always. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. I will, Watto. Thanks very much. And I uh, hope you uh, look forward to the Amida Pacifica breakdown with Peter Alatini. He's always got plenty I, I of good knowledge I tell you what, he's, he's a good-looking man. He's he's not a big fan of yours. But anyway, we'll talk about that between 7.30 and 8. No, he quietly likes I can't see him, but I think he's wearing a cap. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not, actually. He's got a King's stick on oh King's God, College, mate. King's College. Anyway, I'm wearing the hat. I'm the hat guy. Anyway, thanks, Justin. <laughs> 28 and a half minutes after 7. You're listening to SENZ. You can text us here on double eight double three. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we want wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.